0: Thank you for listening to this teaching from Kingdom Discipleship. Is Jesus Christ the light of your life? Are you trusting and relying on Jesus alone for the forgiveness of your sins and the salvation of your soul? Are you walking and living in the light of Jesus and in the truth of the Word of God throughout your day? Without Jesus, all of us can walk only in blind and utter darkness, in which there is no truth or life or understanding of God in any way. Let's open our Bible now to John chapter 12 and look at this incredible blessing and privilege of walking and living in the light of our only Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Well, good afternoon and welcome to another teaching. It's a... Thursday afternoon here in Texas, and uh, hopefully all are just loving on Jesus, spending time with Jesus, glorifying Jesus, obeying Jesus, and repenting when you fall short. Um, Repentance—I've said this—I've said this many times. Repentance is the greatest tool in our toolbox. When we make mistakes, the Lord doesn't condemn us. Romans eight one says that there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. But we get to come before the Lord and, and and confess our sin and say, Lord, I'm sorry. I ask you to forgive me and I repent and to, uh, and to get back on the horse walking with Jesus and doing what's right. So thank you, Lord Jesus. So we're continuing in John 12 today. The plan is to do verses 31 till 41. And it's just been a good chapter. And so we're just gonna keep on rolling. Father, we do thank you for your word. We thank you for the scriptures. We thank you for our Bible. Father, above all, we thank you for Jesus, our only Lord and Savior and Master and King. Lord Jesus, we thank you for becoming a human man for us and living a perfect life for us and dying a perfect death for us. And Lord Jesus, we worship you today, our risen Savior. Holy Spirit, we ask you to lead us and guide us now as we open the word of God. We ask you to give us eyes that see and ears that hear in Jesus name. Amen and amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. All right. So we're rolling along in John 12. Today we're going to do 31 to 41. It's been a it's just been an incredible chapter. Um you know, Jesus has just brought out principle after principle after principle in this chapter We are in the last week of Jesus's life as we said in the last few teachings about 50% of the book of John is about the last week of Jesus's life about Forty percent of the book of Mark is about the last week of Jesus's life About 33% of Matthew is about the last week of his life and about 25% of Luke is about the last week of Jesus's life, so An immense amount of attention is given to that, as it should be, obviously. So we're going to go ahead and read it, and then we'll get rolling. John 12, verse 31. Now is the time for judgment on this world, Jesus speaking. Now the prince of this world will be driven out. But I, when I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all men to myself. He said this to show the kind of death he was going to die. The crowd spoke up, We have heard from the law that the Christ will remain forever. So how can you say the Son of Man must be lifted up? Who is this Son of Man? Then Jesus told them, You are going to have the light just a little while longer. Walk while you have the light before darkness overtakes you. The man who walks in the dark does not know where he is going put your trust in the light while you have it so that you may become sons of light. When he had finished speaking, Jesus left and hid himself from them. Even after Jesus had done all these miraculous signs in their presence, they still would not believe in him. This was to fulfill the word of Isaiah, the prophet Lord, who has believed our message, And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For this reason, they could not believe, because as Isaiah says elsewhere, for this reason, they could not believe, because as Isaiah says elsewhere, he has blinded their eyes and deadened their hearts, so they can neither see with their eyes, nor understand with their hearts, nor turn, and I would heal them. Isaiah said this because he saw Jesus' glory and spoke about him. Wow, thank you, Lord Jesus. Isaiah said this, verse 41. Isaiah said this because he saw Jesus's glory and spoke about him. That is a uh, that is a profound statement, Scott. Isaiah said this, right? You got to go back whatever, around 600 years and the the, the incredible Old Testament prophet, In Isaiah chapter 6, I believe it is, I'm going to turn to it, is where Jesus, it says in verse 41, Isaiah said this because he saw Jesus' glory and spoke about him. So in chapter 6, it says, and it's verses 1 to 13, and I'm not going to read it all, I don't think, but it says in verse 6, I'm sorry, in chapter 6, in the year that King Isaiah died, I saw the Lord seated on a throne, high and exalted, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him were seraphs, each with six wings. With two wings they covered their faces, with two they covered their feet, and with two they were flying, and they were calling to one another, Holy, Holy, Holy is the Lord Almighty." The whole earth is full of his glory. I have cataracts in both eyes and I need cataract surgery. Unless Jesus wants to heal me and I'd be thankful of that. Um, And so that's why I have to take my glasses off when I read. And so when it says in verse 41 of John 12. Now John 12 is in the New Testament. But John is saying that when Isaiah said these things. I saw the Lord seated on a throne, high and exalted, and the train of his robe filled the temple. So in verse 41, when it says Isaiah said this, John 12, 41, because he saw Jesus's glory and spoke about him. John is telling us that when you go back into the Old Testament, in the the renowned Prophet Isaiah said that he saw the Lord in a vision, high and lifted up, exalted, and in his, in his robe filled the temple. And the train of his robe filled the temple. He was seeing Jesus. Now, there's no doubt he was seeing the, the triune God. He was seeing the Godhead. But when John says Isaiah said this because he saw Jesus' glory, John is proclaiming, and the scripture is proclaiming, May, that Jesus is our God. Think about that. Isaiah said this. Again, the Old Testament prophet Isaiah, one of the great mistakes we make is when we compare Jesus to any other godly man or woman in history. Jesus is not to be compared with anyone else ever. It's blasphemous in reality to compare Jesus to anyone else. When I say anyone else, who am I saying? Think of the most, the most incredible, loving, godly fig- figures that you can think of in any religion, right? In the Old Testament, you can think of Abraham, Isaac, Adam, Eve, Noah, Jacob, Joseph, Moses, King David. Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, right? You could think of the most godly men and women ever. You could think in other religions of Gandhi. You could think of Muhammad. You can think of Buddha. You can think of Mother Teresa, the Apostle Paul. You can think of Billy Graham. Jesus is not another man. Jesus is so far above every other human being. We don't have language for it. Here's the language. They are human beings. Jesus is God, God Almighty. So when it says, Isaiah said this, and again, John is looking back some 600 years or so, because he saw Jesus's glory, and don't quote me on the time, I may be a little off on the the years. When he says he saw Jesus's glory, he's saying when Isaiah said, I saw the Lord, that Isaiah saw God and Jesus is God, so That can't be overstated. So, back to verse 31, and this is Jesus speaking. He says, now is the time for judgment on this world. Now the prince of this world will be driven out. Jesus is saying that when he goes to the cross, when he gives his life, a perfect sinless life, on behalf of humanity, on the cross, that the world will be judged, that the culture of this world, the culture that rejects Jesus will be judged and found guilty. And he says, now the prince of this world will be driven out. And when he says the prince of this world, he's talking about Satan. He's talking about the devil. And he's saying that the authority of the devil over mankind, When the devil led Adam and Eve into sin, when Satan led Adam and Eve to sin and to eat of the fruit of the tree that the Lord commanded them not to eat, he took a form of authority over humanity. And when Jesus gave his life on the cross, that canceled that authority. Legally, before the triune God, that that authority was brought back and indeed bought back redemption by Jesus Christ and it's a uh, it's a profound truth look at the word susan now is the time for judgment on this world the world has been judged by Jesus Christ wherever you are in the world today the world the world means the earth If you do not know Jesus Christ as your only Lord and Savior, and you've rejected him, then judgment has come on you. Jesus gave his life at the cross for the forgiveness of the sins of the whole world. Right, The famous verse, John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. And so, when you haven't received Jesus, the judgment remains on you. The judgment for your sin remains on you. The judgment remains on you for rejecting Jesus Christ. The scripture is clear. The Bible is unambiguous. It's not nebulous. It's not confusing. That every human being needs Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of their sins and the salvation of their soul. And without Jesus, every single one of us will spend eternity in hell, separated from God. When Jesus gave his life on the cross, he opened the way for the entire world to have the forgiveness of their sins, the salvation of our soul, the salvation of their soul, and to avoid eternal separation from God in hell. And so if you haven't given your life to Jesus today, do it now. A Christian is someone who's trusting in Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of their sins and the salvation of their soul. You become a Christian by humbling yourself before the Lord. Acknowledging what the scriptures say in Romans 3.23, it says that all human beings fall short of God's glory. They fall short of his standard. We all need a savior and we cannot save ourselves. To become a Christian, you simply humble yourself before Jesus and cry out to him in prayer. Romans 10.13 says that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. You simply humble yourself before Jesus and And pray and confess, Lord Jesus, I know that I am a sinful person and I cannot save myself. I know I'm hopeless, Lord. I'm desperate and I'm helpless. But Jesus, I believe you are the son of God. And I believe that you came and lived a perfect life for me and died a a perfect death for me. And I believe you are alive and risen today. And therefore, Lord Jesus, I ask you now. To come into my heart and to be the Lord of my life and to save me from my sin and to bring me to heaven when I die. Lord Jesus, I place all my faith and trust and confidence and hope in you alone to save me and to be my everlasting Lord and God. It's not our words that save us, it's Jesus Christ that saves us. But, you know, we use our words obviously to communicate with Jesus. It's the sincerity and genuineness of our heart by which we receive the forgiveness of our sins and the salvation of our soul. So if you haven't received Jesus Christ today, wherever you are in the world, all eight billion people in the world need Jesus. Without Jesus, only hell awaits. And I've said this over and over, that's not intolerance, it's the most loving thing that we can share because it's what the Bible teaches God has given his word. He's given his word that without Jesus, no one will see heaven and only hell awaits. Help us, Lord Jesus. Now is the time for judgment on this world. Now the prince of this world will be driven out. Verse 32, but I, when I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all men to myself. That's a profound statement, but I when I am lifted up from the earth will draw all men to myself. Jesus is saying that when he's literally lifted up on the cross and also when he's exalted to be the king of kings and Lord of lords. He'll be lifted up on the cross physically, but he's also lifted up and exalted in the heavens as king of kings and Lord of lords and God almighty. But I, when I am lifted up from the earth, right, Uncle Dennis, will draw all men to myself, and all men means all humanity. All men and all women are drawn to Jesus Christ. will draw all men. Again, every human being needs Jesus, right, Chloe? We all need Jesus, May. It, You know, whether you're rich, whether you're poor, whether you're black, whether you're white, um, no matter what nationality you are, all men are drawn to Jesus. Now the question is, have you resisted Jesus is drawing him you know drawing you to him or have you received it? If you haven't received Jesus Christ today, again, all eight billion people in the world, he is drawing every human being to himself. But he's given us a will and we can resist that. So if you've resisted that, bow your knee to Jesus today and give your life to him. Back up the tape and again, use the words that I used there. But again, sincerely and genuinely give your life to Jesus Christ because he is drawing you and everyone else in the world to himself. Verse 33. He said this to show the kind of death he was going to die. So Jesus knew that he would be crucified on a cross and he knew that he would be exalted. And we spoke about that. Verse 34, the crowd spoke up. We have heard from the law that the Christ will remain forever. So how can you say the son of man must be lifted up? Who is this son of man? So it's interesting. We've said this before that, that the Jewish people of Jesus's age were looking for a physical deliverer. They were looking for someone to restore Israel to their former, you know, their former glory. They were looking for a, a, a you know, an incredible political or military leader like a a King David or an Alexander the Great to deliver Israel out from under, you know, the oppression of Rome. Jesus came as a spiritual deliverer, right, Wendy? And, uh, yeah, my sister Wendy called me this morning, and we were praying for Ukraine. And, uh, Father, we just ask for your mercy on that whole situation. We were praying, Lord, that that Jesus would invade Ukraine. Right now, Russia has invaded Ukraine, and our heart was to see Jesus invade Ukraine. And, uh, Lord, we do ask you to invade Ukraine, to invade Russia, and just to invade this world. And, uh, Holy Spirit, we just... We ask you to open the hearts of all people and that, that all would give their lives to Jesus Christ our Lord and that you may come Lord Jesus. Come Lord Jesus is the cry of our heart. So again, the crowd is looking for a physical deliverer. They don't wanna be oppressed by Rome anymore. Jesus is a spiritual deliverer. Jesus came to give us spiritual life. Jesus came, when he came to the earth 2,000 years ago, he came to give his life again for the forgiveness of our sins and the salvation of our soul. We just read in this chapter that he comes wobbling in on a donkey. A donkey. Our king that gave his life is, is wobbling in on a donkey. And it just shows that he came to bring peace. He came to bring restoration. He came to bring Forgiveness for our sins and the salvation of our soul. Um, again, he came for a, a a spiritual redemption, right? Not a physical one. Um, but all this crowd knows is of a physical one. So when they say the crowd spoke up, we have heard from the law that the Christ will remain forever. They don't understand this whole thing of him dying. Because the Messiah, as the scriptures stated, would live forever but they ignored the passages like Isaiah 53 that said that he would, that he would die. And so all they, they paid attention to was the fact that, that he would be eternal. And so they don't understand his statements about him giving his life. Verse 35, then Jesus told them, you are going to have the light just a little while longer. And this is, this is deep. Walk while you have the light before darkness overtakes you. The man who walks in the dark does not know where he's going. Now, Jesus is saying, you're going to walk, verse 35, you are going to have the light just a little while longer. He is saying that within this week, they're not going to have Jesus on the earth anymore. And so when he says, walk while you have the light before the darkness overtakes you, it's profound because for them he's going to be crucified he's going to be killed within the week but for us this is this is this is of the utmost importance you're going to have the light just a little while longer walk while you have the light before darkness overtakes you today again if you haven't given your life to jesus and you have the light and you're listening to this you know it, it always won't it won't always be there you know there are so many people who are on the fence about Jesus and while you have the light while you're listening to teachings like this while you have the opportunity to truly give your life to Jesus do it before the darkness overtakes you because a time will come When you may not have the opportunity to know Jesus and receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And the darkness will have overtaken you. And then there's no hope. So while you have the opportunity, give your life to Jesus. And not only that, once you become a Christian, you become a Christian by simply receiving Jesus Christ. And trusting in him and believing in him as your only Lord and Savior. John 1.12, right? To all who received him, Jesus, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. But Jesus said, walk while you have the light. While we have, why we, while we are still alive today, we need to walk in the light of Jesus Christ our Lord and to serve him and to love him before the darkness overtakes you. Once we die, we can't serve Jesus anymore, right, Leah? The man who walks in the dark does not know where he's going if you have not received Jesus Christ as your only Lord and Savior today, you have no idea what you're doing or where you're going. And again, this is not intolerance. These are Jesus's words. The man who walks in the dark, and it's clear what he's saying, to walk in the dark meaning you have not received him, you do not know him, uh, you have not trusted in him as your only Lord and Savior, then you're in the dark and you have no idea where you're going, you have no idea who God is. And regrettably, without Jesus Christ, every human being is headed headed to hell. That's why we do these things. That's why I say them over and over and over and over again. Again, it's not intolerance. It's love. It's mercy. I mean, I'll beg you, give your life to Jesus Christ today. Because the man who walks in the dark does not know where he is going. Verse 36, put your trust in the light while you have it so that you may become sons of light. It's a very powerful statement. Put your trust, verse 36, in the light. We've talked about that. Jesus is the only light. Put your trust in Jesus Christ today while you have the opportunity, while you're still alive, while there's breath in your lungs. And and Jesus said so that you may become sons of light when he means there is sons or daughters and that is that you may become a man or woman that's walking with jesus and that you may be you may have the character of your heavenly father right that in jesus christ we become children of our heavenly father god the father becomes our heavenly father and that when we trust in jesus and we walk with him it's desire of our heavenly Father that we be sons of light, that we be children that reflect the light of our heavenly Father. Right, God the Father is our heavenly Father. We're His sons and daughters. It's incredible. When He had finished speaking, Jesus left and hid Himself from them. Verse thirty-seven, and this is this is uh, this is sad. Even after Jesus had done all these miraculous signs in their presence, they still would not believe in him. And so you see just a willful rejection of Jesus. Not that they could not, but they would not believe in him. So again, have you given your life to Jesus Christ today or are you willfully rejecting him? When we read in the scriptures, when we read all that Jesus has done, all that he said, he claimed to be God, the Son of God, God the Son, the Messiah, the Savior. In John 14:6, he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Either Jesus is a liar like there's never been, a lunatic like there's never been, as C.S. Lewis said, or he is who he says he is, which is the only reasonable conclusion, he is God. And so when we read the Bible, when we when when you listen to the word of God being taught, when this is revealed to you, and you see all that Jesus said and did, all the miraculous signs he did, all the things he said, and you still don't believe in him, it's a grave situation. Have mercy, Father. Have mercy on your people. Have mercy on the world today, Father. I ask you to rebuke the the enemy from them, Father, and to have mercy on them. Verse 38. Now Isaiah, again, long before Jesus came, prophesied, verse 38, This was to fulfill the word of Isaiah the prophet. Lord, who has believed our message? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? Verse 39, for this reason, they could not believe. Because as Isaiah says elsewhere, he has blinded their eyes and deadened their hearts. So they can neither see with their eyes, nor understand with their hearts, nor turn. And I would heal them. And so John is quoting back to Isaiah. And what he's saying is that when we willfully reject Christ, over and over and over when we have seen the goodness of christ the love of christ when we've seen the miracles of christ when the word of god has been made plain to us when the scripture has been opened to us and we still willfully reject it and push it away eventually a time comes where the lord gives us what we want and pushes us the way that we've been going and that is a uh To say that's a scary place is an understatement. For this reason, they could not believe. They could not believe because they would not believe. And after rejecting Jesus over and over and over and over, finally, God gives them over to the hardness of their hearts. And it goes from would not believe to could not believe. And again, if you're listening to this today, This is the scariest place that someone can be. That you have so willfully rejected Jesus Christ over and over and over and over that now the Lord gives you over to the hardness of your heart. Verse 40, he has blinded their eyes and deadened their hearts. Father, I ask you to have mercy. Continue your mercy, Lord. We know that your mercy is forever. We know your mercy knows no bounds. For I ask you, Lord, to... To not deaden anyone's heart, Lord, that they would come to receive Jesus Christ today. Father, the cost is so big. It's beyond our comprehension. So I ask you to have mercy and to open the hearts of all the people in the world today. Father, I pray you would not deaden their hearts, that they would come to know and receive Jesus Christ as their only Lord and Savior. Have mercy, Father. He has blinded their eyes and deadened their hearts so they can neither see with their eyes nor understand with their hearts nor turn, and I would heal them. If you turn to Jesus Christ today, you will be spiritually healed. You'll go from spiritual death to spiritual life. God, the Holy Spirit, will come and live inside of you. He'll give you spiritual life, eternal life. God the Father will become your heavenly Father. Jesus Christ will become your Lord and Savior and Master and King. The Holy Spirit will become your guide, your counsel, your comforter. And you will forever spend eternity with the triune God. It's insanity to reject this. God has given his word. Give your life to Jesus Christ today. Isaiah said this because he saw Jesus' glory and spoke about him. So again, Isaiah, you know, five, six hundred years earlier, saw in a vision, right, the glory of Jesus Christ, that Jesus is God, that the Messiah is God. And he spoke about him and he spoke about these truths. So. Father, we thank you for your mercy and your favor and your goodness on our lives. We thank you for your love. Father, we just ask you to have mercy today. Again, have mercy on your people. Have mercy, Lord, on the world today. Holy Spirit, I ask you to rebuke the devourer. I thank you that the enemy, Satan, was defeated at the cross of Jesus Christ, our Lord. And Father, I pray that you would open the hearts of all people today that they might come to know and receive Jesus Christ as their only Lord and Savior. And Lord Jesus, I pray that you would come, that you would come, Lord, that you would come back and establish your authority and your rule on earth as it is in heaven. Father, we love you, we bless you, and we thank you. Holy Spirit, we ask you to seal the message to our hearts now in Jesus' name, amen and amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus.